Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andes Season 4, Episode 1. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerell. With a long delay. We might, we might, we're having really some bandwidth delay, issues. I don't, think, I don't think this is viable. Um, we're having some bandwidth issues, listeners, so you might have to put up with us. <laughs> Um, talking over each other and getting annoyed with each other, but it won't be much different from usual. No, not usually. Um, and the film you are, you are just disappearing occasionally. All right. Well, yeah. you don't need to hear me anyway. Really, I don't have anything to offer. <laughs> well, you, you usually ask uh, me questions the film that about we're going to talk um, people and stuff. And... <laughs> All right. We'll see if that. Well, I might do that. All right. The film we're going to talk about tonight is Split. And what usually happens at this point in the podcast is that I um, use my extensive film knowledge and intuition um, to tell you, based entirely on the title, uh, the plot and of the film, who stars in it and what it's like. So um, uh, tonight I can tell you, based on that information and nothing else, that Split is a sequel to the film Source Code, um, which featured a kind of time-travelling type thing. Uh, in the sequel Split, um, it features um, a sci-fi plot about someone um, branching into multiple copies um, of himself in an action scenario. Um, I don't know who it stars. It's uh, it's fun, um, but ultimately substanceless. Four stars. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> That's interesting that you mentioned splitting into... Uh, different parts uh, because uh, that's very very close to what this movie is about so uh, you didn't go for I guess the title in some way yeah. relates to the, yeah, the you plot. didn't go for the rollicking Disney adventure option this time which is no I didn't think it was no. a rollicking Disney adventure this uh, time no. I think you were on the money there uh, I, yeah right. Good. Yeah. Have I spoiled yeah, it? No. This, this podcast contains spoilers. <laughs> it does contain massive spoilers <laughs> Um, awesome. yeah, so tonight's movie is, as you said, as I said, Split. It's a 2016 yes. American psychological horror film written uh-huh. and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, oh, of um, some films that are annoying and some films that Yes, are indeed. This is one of the good ones. Uh, in in oh, fact, this is, a re- this is a return to form. For him, I think. What would you say was a, a form before? Uh, the Sixth Sense is. Um, yeah, that's okay. It's pretty good. It's good. Uh, it's a bit scary. It's pretty scary. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah, um, and Unbreakable is another one of his good ones. Yep. Uh, also, Unbreakable stands out for me. Yeah. Also, Elements of Signs I really enjoyed. Signs was okay. Yeah, it's okay. I was. I had yeah. high hopes because he I, went into the was quite special. doldrums with things like. <laughs> Sorry, say that yeah. again. Um, well, I just said Unbreakable was quite special, so I had high expectations, and then he kept dashing yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yes, he made a movie called The Last Airbender, which. Uh, oh, was that here? Yeah, I haven't seen that. So I have no idea what that's right. like. And then he made a movie called After, is it called After Earth, I think, starring I Will Smith it. and Jaden Smith that was panned in ways that are quite painful to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> he also made The Village, and you've mentioned... Yeah. Actually, I like The Village. I, I really enjoyed The Village, even though the MacGuffin was telegraphed a mile away. Uh, I really mm. enjoyed The Village. I thought... It was visually really striking and a, a fantastic cast, including the always fantastic um, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, mm, I do like Sigourney Weaver in yeah, everything. she's great, isn't she? Um, um, yeah, I didn't... The Village was, like, fine, I guess. Yeah, okay. I found it annoying. Yeah, I know, lots of people found it annoying, but, but I didn't personally find it annoying, but I know that lots of people did. What? <clears throat> Didn't he make something about the wind as well? Oh, the happening. Yes. Uh, yeah, actually, that's another ah, stinker. Yeah, that's with um, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Uh, in <laughs> which they run away Poor from. The, in which Mark. they run. In which down. they run away from the wind. <laughs> so it's, it's all around you. Why are you running from the wind? 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like it would like be being in the water and trying to swim away from the sea. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you can do that if you if you're near a beach. You can do that. So that would not be at all ridiculous. Oh, you you with your logic. Imagine if you were a fish and you tried to swim away from mm. the sea. Well, if you were a muddy mud skipper, you'd be okay. That would be if you'd said that. That would have been much better. What if you were a fish and you tried to swim away from the sea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. Thanks for just sucking the life out of my <laughs> of, of my fun. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no so, problem. Okay. So. No. But do Split go ahead. Is a 2016 American psychological horror film. It stars uh, mm-hmm. James McAvoy. Um, who's he out of? Who's he out of? Uh, I, I no, anticipated. No, I <laughs> Presumably his mother. Of? Presumably his he? mother originally. Um, uh, he's been working for a long, long time. I'm just, I'm just uh, pulling up his filmography now. So, uh, stuff that you might have seen him in. Um... Uh, let's have a look here. Stuff. That, oh, he was in Trance or Trance, which was the film that Danny Don't Danny Boyle that. made uh, the same year that he uh, directed the London Olympics. He made a little movie in London, uh, which is just pure oh. Danny Boyle like insane fun. Right, uh, right. He's in a movie called Filth, which is an adaptation of an Irving Welsh novel. He's very good in that. Yeah, very good in that. I haven't read that or seen yeah, that. It's it's really good, but it is just like swimming in filth, the uh, movie. Right. Um, he is now Professor X in the X Men movies, so the, the part that was played by Patrick Stewart. Uh, he was Victor Frankenstein. Did Patrick Stewart die? Pardon, say that again. Did Patrick Stewart? No, die? no, he's still alive. Okay, just yeah, he's still alive, still with us, still campaigning. Politically campaigning. Um, what for? Oh, all kinds of things. Guns? Uh, yeah, guns. Uh, feminism. All good stuff. Oh, against guns. Yeah, okay. all very much okay. against, yes. Uh, okay. He was in a movie called Victor Frankenstein, or Frankenstein, or <laughs> whatever, that was okay. that was rubbish, uh, in which right, he played right. Victor Frankenstein. Or Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I am Frankenstein. <laughs> Werewolf. Werewolf. Um, in which they tried to use that gag, but it just didn't work, funnily enough. Uh, in which um, he was uh, the doctor, and Daniel Radcliffe was Igor, or Igor, depending on who you talk to. And it was just... It was just rubbish, but actually McAvoy's performance was the one thing that that kept it going. Because he was really, yeah, I don't think he was really good. Mentioned the film that I've seen. Um, yet. He was in a movie called Wanted with um, Angelina Jolie, which is about these bullets that can turn corners and that kind of thing. That was also ridiculous. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, he was in The Last King of Scotland. Have you seen that? No, um, I mean I think we might be coming across the fact that I haven't seen. I'm surprised many films. you haven't seen anything that that he's in. But anyway, um, so he's been working for a long time. He's a he's a great actor. You know, he mm-hmm. he as as I've alluded I've to, heard of him. he elevates average material. Oh, he was in Atonement. Have okay. you seen Atonement? No. Okay. Uh, I just, I just <laughs> said no, assuming you <laughs> haven't seen it. Um, yeah, he... <laughs> I think it's on my shelf, actually. Okay, it's worth a look, Atonement, actually. Waiting to be watched. I think Atonement is really? a rare example of a really good adaptation of a bit of a meh novel. Uh, as mm-hmm. I don't think Atonement is one of Ian McEwan's best. But I think the movie adaptation works really well. So it's definitely oh, worth a look. Um, so yes, he's been working for a long time. He definitely elevates uh, average material, and then when the material is good, as in the case of Split, then you know he really brings something interesting to it. So wow, that was smooth. He plays a man with twenty-three different personalities. Twen- like, twenty-three, as in he's 
He has a psychological yes. condition which gives Tw- him split personalities. 23 different personalities. Okay. Who kidnaps and imprisons three teenage girls in an isolated underground facility. And one of his darker personalities... Okay, this is all sounding very 1960s yeah, so yeah. far. Yeah, it has that kind of vibe to it. So one of his darker personalities manifests within his psyche and results in his eventual transformation into a merciless and cannibalistic sociopath called the Beast, who also has superhuman okay. abilities. So he he's physically transforms. Um, okay. So uh, one of these three women is played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who <clears throat> was the breakout star of a movie called The Witch, that I think I talked about a couple of years ago on this very podcast. Mm. Yeah, well, well, and that went on my list of things I want to see. But okay, see. so she was the breakout star of that movie. Um, she played Thomason, mm-hmm. the young girl who uh, is sort of witness to everything and we're not really sure whether she's, you know, secretly wanting to sort of go to the dark side kind of thing. She was mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. really good in that. Um, and mm-hmm. here she plays one of the victims... Um, but what Shyamalan does with this film, because I'm, I'm not a big fan of the women in peril genre of movie. I'm not, I'm not a big slasher movie fan at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those films have had their day, and that. Give us an example of a slasher what, film featuring women in peril. Well, actually, yeah. yeah so something like Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth or right. um, mm-hmm, any of mm-hmm. the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And I know that mm-hmm. they have both teenage boys and girls being troubled, but it, yeah, it's mainly it's girls. mainly girls, and they're mainly running around in night dresses and you know being all kind of ah, kind of thing. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just so over it. Right, I'm a big fan of Friday, uh, not Friday Thirteenth, uh, Nightmare on Elm are, Street. Yeah, it's a long time since I watched it. Actually, yeah, the first one is still. I think I've basically disturbing. become a feminist since I watched those films. So yeah, I don't know whether I could put up with them anymore. I think that the first one will still hold up because Wes Craven was, um, you know, a very progressive filmmaker. Uh, who, mm-hmm. who, you know. I think that he was, you know, I'd say he was quite a strong feminist, uh, Wes Craven, and mm-hmm. he had, st- you know, not just strong female characters, but, you know, he didn't only put women in peril, he put men in peril as well in his movies, in a particular way that mm-hmm. seemed to be, I think that, you know, equitable. Mm-hmm. I think something that happened later with the genre as well is that because they always feature a woman very prominently, then uh, that... that like provided a way of having decent female characters in films when it was otherwise not not often done. Yes. So later on in the thing, it was sort of maybe subverted a bit, but it doesn't change the fact that it's you're looking at the character, especially in the early examples. Yeah. But yeah, I like Nightmare on Elm Street. I think I could probably live without watching Friday the Thirteenth again. I've never seen Friday the Thirteenth. To be honest, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Yeah, that's the one. Did you see yeah. uh, Driller Killer? No, I've never seen it. No. Oh, it's so boring. It? Yeah, it's really, really boring. And it, there's really quite a limit to the amount of peril someone, a slow moving person with a, a normal hand drill, <laughs> <laughs> can really have. have. they got to go and plug it in in order to do someone in? No, it's battery operated, <laughs> but it's fundamentally it's just a drill. You like you really have to hold still for a drill to. Yeah, drill you into do. You. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the most um, yeah. threatening weapon because you can just either run away from them yeah. or bang them over the head with something. It's, it's not a chainsaw massacre. Put it that way. No, and that that's actually a good example. Toby Hooper's movie is a good example of. Right. I don't think that's I've seen really that. good. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, that's. That is an example of... It's held up there. Oh, yeah, really, really well. It's a it's a great example of a movie that the title is lurid and conjures up images of, you know, blood and bone and gristle. But actually, there's only one small scene of blood in it, and that's when Leatherface, who is the villain of the piece, he cuts himself with his own chainsaw, and a little bit of blood comes out of his leg. But that's it. That's the only thing you see. The rest of it is psychological and physical effects, and it's an it's an amazing that. film. I mean, it, it took me a long, long time to watch it because I thought 
you know, this is going to be really gruey and hardcore, but actually I was just really blown away by it. It's really, really right. well made. Uh, listener, if you haven't seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you should, if you're a horror fan. Yeah. I should put that yeah, on my it's wish good. list. It's really good. Uh, I'd just say avoid all of the sequels and reboots. Right, okay. So go for the original, which I think was 73. Okay, anyway, you're not a fan of the slasher I'm not genre. a fan of the slasher genre. Um, okay. I, there are exceptions though so, so Chainsaw Massacre is one of them um, mm-hmm. and uh, Split is uh, is another and that's mainly because of the way that okay. Shyamalan deals with the women who are in peril in that it's not lurid and they never seem like they're utterly um, helpless is that mm-hmm. you know, the central character Anya Taylor-Joy's character is constantly trying to find a way out of this predicament yeah. uh, because the um, the character played by James McAvoy is uh, going in and out of therapy whilst all of this is going on right because he is because he he's got problems. 23 different personalities and his therapist who's quite who's very patient with him but he's quite exasperating because you know, every time he goes there, he's he's exhibiting a different personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost implausible. Almost implausible. Um, so, although it states that there are twenty three of them, we really only see three or four main ones, and they right. are the Beast that I mentioned. Uh, there's also he plays mm-hmm. a young girl, um, and then mm-hmm. a, a character who is kind of himself. Uh, and then okay. and then a slightly darker version of himself. So there's sort of four main personalities that we see in the movie. And the, mm-hmm. the, the, the point at which Anya Taylor-Joy's character realises that she's in deeper trouble than she thought she was is when she gets kidnapped, kidnapped by him and then... But the person who comes to see her in her cell is not him. It's a different personality completely. It's this young girl who's, who says, you know, okay. in a high-pitched kind of girly voice that's actually really creepy. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to do what he says because he's really scary. We don't want him to come back, this kind of thing. And she's, she just has mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. She's completely nonplussed. But she starts to play the game and she starts to try and manipulate the different personalities against themselves kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that being pretty scary. Yeah, pretty scary and very effective on film as well. Because McAvoy, you know, he um, he he transforms transforms his body into these different per- personality types, and also his voice, his mannerisms are all different mm-hmm. for each one. So they're all very clearly defined. <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. an incredible. I mean, uh, on a, on a sort of tangent. Um, I think that Eddie Redmayne's performance in The Theory of Everything, in which he transformed his body into Stephen Hawking, it's up there with that in terms of how good it is, how mm. good an acti- a piece of acting it is. Because um, I thought, I thought yeah. that Redmayne's performance in that was incredible. I haven't seen it. Can't be bothered with <laughs> acting. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, um... Well, it might be a good film. I, I mean, it might be worth watching. I'm not saying it's not Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's very mainstream. It's very mainstream. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so all of this is going on um, at the same time as uh, she is trying to escape. She's trying to find out what's going on uh, at the same time. Okay, so she's interacting with the different characters. Yep, who, who, and he comes and goes because he keeps going back to therapy. Uh, he then realises that his therapist is probably going to turn him in to the police because she's found out what's going on. So, uh, right, yeah, that's probably uh, yeah, which is the right thing to do. It's prob- <clears throat> Even though, isn't there a, isn't there a? I suppose there isn't a, a precedent. If you're if you think your patient is um, dangerous, you should tell the police. There's no confidentiality yeah, thing, yeah. there, is there? Not if it's illegal. No, exactly. Um, uh, so uh, the sort of the end game begins when uh, he kills his therapist and then is heading back to the place where he's kept these girls to uh, to do the same to them. 
but but mm-hmm. she manages to escape, and it's at this point when well, no, she almost escapes, and it's at this point that she encounters the beast, uh, and that is uh, along with the physical transformation. There's also some CG and some some practical effects there when his body kind of changes into this, you know, really mm-hmm. pumped up kind of muscly creature that she repeatedly shoots mm-hmm. and he doesn't drop. He doesn't fall down. Mm-hmm. But then he uh, he gets away. Um, and then in a nice sting at the end, um, we see uh, a news report all about Samuel L. Jackson's character from Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And this is in a diner cafe type place and there's a guy at the bar mm-hmm. we see the back of him drinking a coffee and the news report says that the identity of this person Samuel, is unknown and this person at the bar turns to the camera and it's Bruce Willis and he says his name's Mr. Glass and then he right. walks past the camera and then the film ends so that's a nice callback to Unbreakable. So hold on. Yeah, okay, let me finish, let me finish. So, so it's a callback to Unbreakable, which means that Split is in the same universe as Unbreakable. Right, um, which, is, which is nice, because we like we Unbreakable. Do. Uh, and uh, Shyamalan is at the moment making a sequel to both movies. Ooh. So he's making a sequel Ooh. to Unbreakable and to Split. Featuring mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, and James McAvoy, and Anya Taylor Joy, so uh, it's going to be a mashup of mm. um, superheroes and psychopaths, which sounds really interesting. So that's shooting right now. So this this bit at the end yes. is, is it anything to do with the the main film, or is it purely to do with the? The sequel thing. Uh, it is. Um, <clears throat> it is to do with the main film. So, the, so the news story is about. Um, uh, the uh, uh, it's about James McAvoy's character, and about the fact that his different personalities have earned him the nickname the Horde. And okay. a female patron in the bar notes the similarity between Kevin who's played by James McAvoy, and a wheelchair-using criminal who was incarcerated 15 years ago. And that's Samuel L. Jackson. That's Mr. Glass. And uh, Oh, so you, uh, are they actually the same person? Uh, no, no, they're different people. But um, I think she's noting the similarity in that they are kind of meta-humans. They're um, you know, more, more than mm. human kind of thing. So he's turning it into like an X-Men thing. Uh, yeah, but, you know, not X-Men, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that okay. is that right, is, that so anyway, is um that is essentially film. split. Mm. And it's uh it's quite a movie. I was I was really impressed with it. So M M Night Shamalaman Ding Dong. Yeah, he's normally trying to do something when he's making a film, so can you Perceive what he's trying to do here. Yeah, I think that he's uh, he's making a people in peril movie, but he's giving it a mm-hmm. a twist of his own um, in the form of this character Kevin, who's played by James McAvoy, uh, with these with these many personalities. That you know, the twist there is that this is no ordinary kidnapper. That's the big twist. So you broke up oh. and the twist is the twist the twist is what? He's no ordinary kidnapper, you know, he's a a right. meta human. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it, I mean, I guess to some extent one reason why maybe I like Unbreakable more than some of the others is because he's not trying to be too oh, aren't I yep. being meaningful in it. He's just getting on with the story. Yeah, and actually uh you could you could read Split as just a really good thriller, uh, a really good horror thriller. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's produced by actually, which is of interest. It's produced by Blumhouse, who also produced Get Out. Oh, which I haven't seen. I but really we talked want to about see. that on this podcast. Yeah, uh, and it yeah. won best 
original yeah best original screenplay at the Oscars I should have put some money on that right it won a few didn't it it? that was that was the big one that it won it was up for best picture and best director but it didn't win those it won best original screenplay but uh, I should have put some money on it because uh, what usually what happens is whatever wins at the independent independent spirit awards wins at the oscars for a smaller movie what what's the independent spirit it's uh, award? an awards ceremony that takes place i think a couple of days or maybe a week before the academy awards where they mm-hmm. they award stuff that's not big studio pictures smaller mm-hmm. stuff so blumhouse stuff gets put in there and you know um not major studio pictures, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the last few years, so I think the year before that, Moonlight was the big winner, and that won at the independent studios. And then a couple of years ago, Spotlight, another film with light in the title, that also <laughs> won best. What did that? Yeah, won best picture at the independent spirit. And then went on went on to win best picture at the Oscars. Um, right, which was a surprise. Moonlight is was... um, another one on my list. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that to watch as well. Looking forward to that. I haven't got it yet. It's on my mm. list. So yeah, Split is really good. It's uh, it's definitely a genre picture. So it. What do you like about it? Uh, I really like James McAvoy's performance. Right, it's right, right. really good. I really like um, Shyamalan's filmmaking. I think he's a really talented filmmaker mm-hmm. who's made some stinking films but also made some really <laughs> good films you know his career's been up and down mm. well, I, 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 even though I sort of criticised him for trying to have meaning like the more meaningful films seem a bit annoying I also really appreciate the fact that he's trying to have something to what he's doing and not just churn stuff out yeah I think that's true. I think, um, I mean, I haven't seen The Happening or After Earth, and they're not two things. You know, maybe I'll watch them. They're on TV occasionally, so maybe I'll record it and watch it sometime. But to be honest, I've got such a massive backlog of things to watch that I don't know when I'll get around to watching them. Um, but uh, I really like him. I think, you know, he's he's. I think he's one of the few... American filmmakers who's really sincere about his work and mm-hmm. uh, you know he's not afraid to work in genre in genre so mm-hmm. you know horror fantasy sci-fi that kind of thing that's his thing mm. and um, and he's good he is good at it I think he's good at it mm-hmm. and is the interaction between the two main characters good yeah really interesting so Kevin, who's played by James McAvoy, and then these various other characters. Um, you know, he's he is very charming in some of those personalities and magnetic. And his interaction with Anya Taylor-Joy's character is really interesting because she is trying to, obviously trying to get out of there by any means possible. And her mm-hmm. decision to try and manipulate the different personalities against each other is very interesting. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what you know. The film has lots going on, visually and sort of plot-wise, and undercurrents of tension. And um, there's not very much violence in it. It's it's uh, it's fairly light on the violence. I think it's a fifteen, mm-hmm. so it's not too bad violence-wise. And certainly, you know, as I said at the, at the top of the podcast, I'm not a fan of of women in peril. Um, or at least, you know, women being exploited in peril. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about a film that I watched last year that, in a minute, um, that is an exact example of that. In fact, two films that I found to be leery and exploitative. Um, mm-hmm. And um, Split is none of those things. You know, it places women in, in a vulnerable position, but they come out, uh, they come out fighting and trying to you know, trying to get out of it rather mm. than just being exploited. So I thought it worked really well. And are you seeing the film through their eyes? Yes, very much so, yeah. Yeah. So mm. when they're in the scene, you see it from their perspective rather than his. 
Uh, in yeah. fact, I think right. I think um, even like the therapist, you know, you, you see the scene from her perspective rather than his perspective. So that I think that's what makes it interesting. Um, and mm. maybe mm. Uh, there's a couple of movies. Uh, I'll talk about those those two movies that are m- both made by Fede Alvarez. Um, one of them is the remake of Evil Dead which mm-hmm. I detested on so many levels. Not not only because it didn't have a sense mm. of humour. That's the first thing that I didn't didn't like oh, it exactly. Um, I didn't like... Sort of crucial. Yeah, it's really crucial to that. I mean, if it doesn't have that, it's just a really mm. gruey horror film. Um, mm. So, uh, so no sense of humour. Sadistic violence, um, which obviously... Mm-hmm. The, the original Evil Dead does have that, but it has a sense of humour as well, so it gets away with it. Um, mm. Sadistic violence and a really nasty attitude towards women. Even mm. though the protagonist is a woman, she's still exploited in a way that's really nasty. Um, and mm. the, he then made another movie called Don't Breathe, uh which on paper sounds really interesting. It's about a bunch of kids, well, not kids, young adults who break into a, I think, a Iraq slash Afghanistan veteran's house. He's a blind man, mm-hmm. so they think they can rob him easily, but his hearing's really good and he can hear them. So it goes off like that. And that on paper, that should be the kind of thing that I would probably like. But... Mm-hmm. um it went to some really dark, horrible places. And again, exploitative in just beyond the pale of anything, really. Mm-hmm. In a way that the stuff I was talking about with women in peril and, you know, I just didn't, I didn't like it at all. Um, right. But right. anyway, I'm digressing. So, I'm digressing there quite a lot. I need to ask you the question before we digress yes. completely. So, what's the point of this film? Why is it good that it exists? Um, it's good that it exists because it's M. Night Shyamalan back on form. It's got terrific performances. What does it teach us about the what world? What does it teach us about the world? That, it's, that it can be scary, but if you stick with it and you wind up all the different personalities of a mad person, then you might be able to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Specific. About what? No, I mean it's just, that's a very specific yeah, it is. reason why it's good that it yeah, exists. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Um, okay, so uh, in a broad sense, what does it teach us about the world? Um, that the world is a deeply scary place, uh-huh. uh, but there are people there who can help you. So uh, David Dunn, who is the character from Unbreakable, played by Bruce Willis, uh-huh. is a good uh-huh. guy. And presumably in this movie Glass, he is still going to be a good guy. Mm. Presumably. That does sound yes, interesting. It does. Hmm. So, yeah, that's split. And it's good, listener. Right. I was going to do something else tonight, but I suddenly remembered that I think I brought up split on the podcast a couple of times before and said, oh, we must oh, really? do that. I don't remember. And then we haven't. I don't remember so, you saying uh, that. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you uh, have. But yeah. I was going to do um, another film tonight, but I think I'll do that next time. But I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> okay. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers for the films, but not Absolutely, for the podcast. Yeah. So I think that's me done, actually. Well, yeah. So I think I think that's made me think I probably want to watch it. I mean, I think just the summary of. Um, um, I can't pronounce his surname. Can you say it again? And I'll try and pronounce it. Just uh, the idea that Shyamalan has made a good film. I basically think when he makes good films, I like yeah. them. Um, so that makes me definitely um, interested. Um, yeah, and the fact that it's in that universe is interesting as well. Yeah, that that is really interesting. That that was a big surprise for me at the end. Hmm. Um, big surprise. Yeah, it's another genre thing. That as yes, well, absolutely. It? Yeah, that that is a kind of callback to 
seventies exploitation movies. Um, I'm thinking of things like uh, there's a movie called Venom. There was a movie called Q the Winged Serpent, where there's a sting at the end of the movie. In fact, you could probably pick mm-hmm. up most seventies films, seventies horror movies, and exploitation mm-hmm. films, where they set up a sequel but they never make one. Um, but this, of course, they they are making one, which is good news. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it. So I um I rewatched Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So how many times have you seen uh, that? Was, was that last that three night? times you've seen it? That's no, that's the second, second time, time I've seen it. I enjoyed it. It's really yeah, long. It is long. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was. I, I, this time I was following more what it was telling me the plot was instead of what I was thinking <laughs> about okay. it. You know, well, as I, I described the first time, like, it took me ages to even have anything to say at all about it. And then eventually I, I decided it was about this, um, this thing about how none of us actually has much, um, control over anything. Like, like, we're all like the, the digital mm. companion. You know, that was my big thing about it. And I still think that. But this time it was more clear to me that the main plot wasn't really about that. The main plot was about, well, it's something that I find slightly troubling, which is that basically having babies is somehow the definition of being human. Yes. Although they're not human. Well, or the definition of a being person. a person. Yeah, a whatever. sentient being. Yeah. 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 Well, I really don't think that having babies is a definition of a person. No. Okay. Yeah. But um, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. So I liked it more when it was about <laughs> when I was getting to decide what it's all about. Although it can <laughs> but, still be about that, but, you know. You. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it is. Yeah, you know, I, I would like to watch it again. Um, I think it, it's certainly one of the highlights of last year. It's yeah. really good, and I think that when you watch something again, you really follow it. Like the first time you watch, you're kind of blown away by the mm. visuals and things, and you're not necessarily concentrating on how one event leads to the next event and so yeah. on. But this this time, I, I I understood it from that point of view, which was nice because it obviously makes a lot of sense. I found like I, I've watched the original Blade Runner maybe I don't know six six times, mm. maybe more, and. It, it's only quite recently that I've been able to connect together the events that happen in it into some kind of coherent plot. That's interesting. Yeah. But it is all. It is completely coherent. It's just that I wasn't right, following. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, when I saw Twenty Forty Nine at the cinema, I was mostly blown away by the visuals and the soundtrack, the music, such as it is. It's yeah. not actually music, is it? It's discordant noise. Wow. It's a- it's amazing. Yeah. There's some bits where I noticed it more. Like when I, the first time I watched it, the bit where he finds the um, wooden mm. horse. In the first time I watched it, I was almost overwhelmed by yeah. the emotion. And then listening to it this time, it's because the music is like completely doing yes. that to you. It's manipulating you. <laughs> That's why you're yeah. feeling like that. Um, and it's just brilliant. Yeah, and I actually found when I went to see it at the cinema, the um, end of the movie where Kay is in the snow, I found that to be really moving. Mm. Mm. Really mm. powerful. So, yeah, I, I don't, we shouldn't really spoil the ending of the film because we're not talking about it today. So I, um, I had a thought about that, trying not to spoil it, but wanting to say mm. this, <laughs> uh, which is that um, at one critical moment, the camera is not moving. Right. And normally, if it's signalling something, mm. the camera would be moving. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. You need to tell me off air <laughs> what that's about. Oh, good. That means I've been um, cryptic enough that other people <laughs> won't have the I films. I can't really remember. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you about yeah. that off air. Uh, yeah, so that was really good. Have you watched anything good recently? Uh, yes. So uh, I didn't watch anything movie-wise over the weekend, but I have started watching uh, on Netflix a show called Lost in Space, which is a right. new TV show based on the original TV show from the 1960s. 
Called Lost in Space. And it's really good. Yeah, it's very, very good. Uh, yeah, oh, good. So that's that's worth a watch if you have Netflix. Uh, mm. And then lo- a couple of weeks ago, actually last week, watched um, Goodbye Christopher Robin, which is very good. Oh right. Uh, interestingly, as I, you know, I talked about this on the radio show, but the trailers and the sort of promotional materials, they paint it as a kind of um, working title Richard Curtis period romp when it's not mm-hmm. that at all. I mean, it does have elements of that, for sure, but okay. it is a study. It's a it study then? of post-traumatic stress. Because A.A. Milne fought in the First World War, came back with right. PTSD, which what we know to be PTSD now, but what they called shell shock mm. back then. Mm. He came back mm. very, very traumatised. Couldn't write, couldn't mm. do anything. Uh, and, it, and it was through is bonding. Is that why the character... Uh, is that why the character of his son in those books is so irritating? No, I don't know. Um, so he couldn't, he couldn't do anything, uh, but... He then bonds with his son, Christopher Robin, and gets unblocked um, sort of creatively and starts to write stories of Pooh Corner. And it's a, it's a mm. really good film. It's really powerful and moving in the ways that you don't expect it to be. Um, mm. So that was good. Uh, a movie called 20th Century Women was very good, set in 1979 in California. That's that's a sort of story about people living in a commune. Enjoyed that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And what else did I watch? Oh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women, which is all about the creator of Wonder Woman, and uh, how mm-hmm. he was a he was a university lecturer and a sort of proto feminist of the time during the nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, inventor of a form of the lie detector along with his wife and he lived in a um, I I forget the name for this relationship but he lived with his wife and another woman uh, in a sort of uh, strange three polyamorous that's That's the one yeah thank you polyamorous relationship Uh, so uh, yeah that that was interesting very interesting story so so Hmm. that kind of his attitude towards women, which is for the time very progressive, went into his writing of Wonder Woman. Yeah, and there's there was some debate about Wonder Woman at the time the film came out, and people were tweeting comic strips in which she was clearly um, not just a feminist, but also like prepared to speak yes, out. Yes, absolutely, yeah. and that's um, yeah. the movie. Uh, cuts between you know sort of biopicy type stuff of him being at university with his wife and that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. a court case. He was actually taken to court under obscenity laws because mm-hmm. um, because at the time the comic strip featured you know scantily clad women and violence with women fighting other women and this kind of thing. And at that time, that was seen as being quite racy. So he was being he was being um, mm. He was being persecuted, not persecuted, prosecuted under sort of obscenity laws. And his whole attitude mm. to it was just utter exasperation. Um, <laughs> just, I just don't see what the issue is here. I don't see the problem. And, you know, his lawyer was just like, you know, you've got to try and play the game with these people because they could lock you up. Um, but he just didn't understand. Quite Well, quite right. That sounds it, interesting. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. Um I'd say it's not a comp- uh, not an unqualified success, but actually the story is really interesting. So that's what mm-hmm. carries it mm-hmm. through. Really, performances are good. It's ju- I don't know. There's something there was something slightly lacking with it, but not much. I mean, it's still worth it. Still worth a look. Mm. So that's what I've been watching uh, lately. Yeah. Cool. I'm trying to think. I'm not sure I've been watching anything else of interest. More Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, including a recent episode with Brian Blessed oh. on, which is everything you I, would I expect. I must download that one because I love Blessed. <laughs> it it's uh, he's just 
allowed to be himself <laughs> for about yeah, an hour. That's really good. It's pretty funny. Yeah. He's a very strange yes, man. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been listening to um, Alec Baldwin does a podcast, uh, All right. and I've been downloading the ones from his back catalogue that I'm sort of interested in. And the first one I listened to was an interview with Kyle McLaughlin, who was um, mm-hmm. in Dune. He was Paul Atreides right. in Dune. He was Agent Cooper in Twin Peaks. Yes, oh, I was going to yeah. say, and then I thought, oh no, if I'm wrong about that, I'll yeah. sound stupid. So, and uh, apparently Dune was his very first job as an actor. Yeah, right. So is it just interviews with about uh, No, it's, it's all kind of things. So there's, podcast. Um, uh, there's uh, like, yeah, poli- politicians and actors and directors, but it's mostly showbiz types. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's really engaging. You know, he talks about mm. his relationship with David Lynch, which, you know, is very close and that he just gets him he just understands him he doesn't you know he doesn't mm-hmm. have to go through impenetrable stuff he just understands what david lynch is on about um, hmm. and they not many no, people do and they both do very good impressions of david lynch <laughs> um the thing about alec baldwin is this i w- watched state and maine what a film. once an excellent yeah. film and I now think that Alec Baldwin is the character <laughs> that he plays. Because well, he's playing yeah. himself. He kind of way. is, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think that he is exactly that person, which makes me kind of not really like him <laughs> because he's not a very likable no. character. It's basically the same as when people are, see someone on a soap and then they die and then they think they really died. That's exactly what I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Baldwin is Baldwin is very funny. He was in a... Um, TV show called Thirty Rock, uh, which is revolves okay. around a show that's a bit like Saturday Night Live. Um, mm-hmm. He was the producer. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't the producer. He was like, um, mm-hmm. well, I suppose, you know, I suppose he is one of the producers. But he's very, very funny in that. He's very good. He's very funny, and he's often playing. Uh, nasty roles. Yeah, I mean, he is fairly nasty in 30 Rock, but in a kind of benign way. Yeah, right. sort of the friendly face of business sort of way. <laughs> like um, like the chap who works for the company in Alien. Yeah, Paul Reiser. Now, he's a stand-up. He's a stand-up comedian. Yeah, oh, really? so that was, that was one of his first sort of straight acting roles. Why did I think of Alien uh, earlier? You mentioned something else that made uh, me think of it. I don't know. Don't know. No, neither do I. No. Um, I love Alien. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Have you seen Alien Covenant? Yes. Yeah, yeah it was okay. Right. Yeah, I quite liked it. I can't remember anything Too that much happened CG in it. for me. I'm not sure whether I have seen it, because wouldn't Probably. I remember? Or maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have. I think I'm making that up. When would I, I have know. seen that? You would have seen it on DVD or Blu-ray, presumably. No. No, I'm making it up. Well, I'd quite okay. like to. Let's should put we, it that way. Should we wrap up and do some plugging? <laughs> yeah, because, frankly... <laughs> We're just rambling. Uh, it's just me It's me rambling about films that seen. I may or yeah. may not have seen. It's not that helpful no. for the listener. So, go first. Do some plugging. Okay, um, I like programming, and one of the programs I've been writing recently is a program called Graft. And Graft is a program that draws animations and pictures based on the recipes that you give it. So you, you kind of write little programs yourself that tell it how to draw pictures. and Well, animations, mainly. So it's sort of like a souped-up or souped-down version of um, the logo that we used to use at school where you you controlled a turtle and it moved along and then turned left and then moved along. Um, But, yeah, it's designed... The whole thing is designed to make... So you can write little recipes for it that fit into a tweet. Ah. Or generally a quite quite small... So um, the, it's completely impossible to read the recipes because every all the commands are like single letters mm. or symbols and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. 
Um, but yeah, it's kind of nearing completion. So I've been, um, working on making it, making your, your line divide into multiple lines and then shoot off and draw different things simultaneously. And you can make some quite exciting patterns doing that. Excellent. Okay. Well, you must, um, um so that's good. Uh, put the information when that's finished, put the information on, on our page so people can see it. Yeah. So you can get to it from GitHub, from my GitHub, which I just probably linked from somewhere. Um, on the Good Robot Andy's about page, but I might add a specific link. But, um, yeah, so it's kind of supposed to be for kids to, uh, like, get into programming in a different way. For kids who are pretty geeky and, like, like writing recipes that just look like a stream of mm. line noise. And there are some out there, I'm I sure think. I'm sure there are. Um, like drawing pictures by typing, um, cryptic codes into their computer. It might mm. just be of interest to someone. It's nearly finished, so I'm hoping to... There's going to be a Raspberry Pi Jam... Um, well, there's one coming up soon, which I'm not going to do it at, but hopefully the next one, we might do a little workshop and have some kids making it draw pictures using Graft. Um, and yeah, like If you follow me on Twitter, I'll probably post some GIFs of some exciting excellent. animations. I look forward to that. So that's my plug for this week. Nice. Excellent. Anything else? My, my new program, what Anything I Anything else to plug? That's it. Is that it? You can find other stuff from my About page. Okay. Ab- well, from the About Aboot. page. If you go to Good Robot Andy's, what you should do is Google or use some other search engine that respects Duck, your Duck, privacy, Go. like DuckDuckGo, um, for the Good Robot Andy's, and then you'll find the About page, and you can um, you can find out about okay. us. So um, I shall now plug. Uh, I present a radio show on Glastonbury FM in the Somerset area. In Somerset, sorry. In the Glastonbury Street and Wells area of Somerset, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Those are three areas. Yeah, there are. Um, It's not just a street. No, no, it's not just a street. With some wells. It's not just a street in in Glastonbury. With some wells at one end. Well at one end and a street at the other. And Glastonbury's in the middle. There are three different areas of Somerset. Yes, they are three different areas, yeah. Um, yeah. And that goes out live on Thursdays between 6 and 7 p.m. It's movie reviews, music. Also look at some movies that are on TV. I sometimes have a live guest. Last week I had two live guests, um, wow. which was exciting. They who were, were they? Uh, a couple of folks from Wells Film Centre who, co- who came in to talk about the Wells Festival of Film this year in which, rather excitingly, they have a screening at the Bishop's Palace of... Uh, oh, no, I'm trying to think what it is. What's it of? <laughs> uh, greatest Showman. It's a Greatest Showman, the, mi- the movie with um, huge action. Right, yeah, that's, um, like, relatively yes. recent. About yeah, it came some... out l- this year or last year? Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. remember. Maybe... The set in the past. Yes, in, in a go, yeah. Um, Victorian so yes, I had times. a couple of folks in last last week on the show uh, so yes uh, there are podcast highlights of that search for movie mashup in your podcasting app of choice I currently have 39 subscribers to my podcast which is wow. uh, which is actually good that's been bum- that's been rumbling along nicely for quite a while now is that more than that must be more I, than I wouldn't thought, have thought right? so no I don't think we've got any <laughs> Or, I don't know. That's good. People seem That's to listen. because iTunes doesn't give you that data. It's terrible. Right, um, right. Whereas I use um, a Google product, and it tells you how many subscribers you have, which is useful. Uh, yeah. Right. So uh, maybe we should use that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so yes, search for those. Uh, so that goes out live on a Thursday, and it's repeated on Friday at two p.m. If you so wish to listen to that. That's my awesome. stuff, indeed. You can get it on you the can. internet. Yes, it's music. All music. All the music's by chosen me. by Andy. Normally, it's yeah. stuff related to the films he's talking about. Uh, yeah, it's normally uh, I play like soundtrack items from the TV movies and stuff from the movies. There's no there's playlist. no playlist on the show. I don't think there's a playlist on the station at all. Actually, people would play what they want. <laughs> Can't afford no, it. There's, there's no money. No money. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and uh, one of the other interests that Andy and I share, along with films, is uh, although I'm not really sh- making a good showing for having an interest in films, but anyway, um, 
is the Pixies. Oh, I love the Pixies. They're a band. If you like the Pixies, then maybe you'll like some of the music Andy chooses. For in That's his, true, uh, actually. I do, show. Yeah, I do play... Uh, he has eclectic yeah. taste. I have very eclectic taste, yes. So, yes, I do play... Uh, I played... The other day I played, like, um, big band jazz and then played some metal and some <laughs> pop. There's... The song "Where Is My Mind" by the Pixies is amazing. Is like a part of uh, culture now. Like this, it's been in Fight Club, and it, I noticed it in something else yes. recently. Maybe yeah, an advert. Was it? I think like it was that. an advert. Yeah. Um, it's like it's become part of popular yeah, culture. It definitely has. Why don't Why don't all the other Pixies songs become? Well, part there's of a movie called Five Hundred Days of Summer, and in that mm-hmm. there's a really excellent version of "Here Comes Your Man." I like that song. I like all the Pixies yeah. songs. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. I like I like the Kim Deal ones. That's a Kim Deal one. Oh yes, it is. Oh, it's got well, it features well, it features her prominently. It does feature her prominently. Yeah. yeah. Gigantic yeah. is another good one. Yeah. They're all good. That's mm. the thing. They're all, They're all really good. Yeah. yeah, listener, you should. Uh, you're wholeheartedly recommended to check out the Definitely. Pixies. In fact. The first time I could, you know, the, the Pixies broke up a long time ago. They reformed. Actually, I think they've probably been reformed longer than they were formed in the first place. Yeah, I think really? so. They've been. They've oh, been, man. When did they oh, reform? Maybe yeah, 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. So th- I don't think they were together for 10 years originally. I don't think what so. They? No. How awful. Um, uh, so what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, I got completely sidetracked there. <laughs> Something about, Something about the, pixies. the pixies. When he first heard oh, them. Oh, yes, yes, thank you. So when I first heard them, uh, I think that the last album that they had out was probably, or that, that I knew of, was probably Doolittle. So they had a break between that and the next mm-hmm. one. And that's when I first mm-hmm. heard Nirvana. And the right. first yeah. and they, the they opening so... chords of Smells Like Teen Spirit, I thought, hey, this is the Pixies. And then I realised that it wasn't the Pixies very yeah. quickly, but it was such a yeah, rip the, off especially the, of the quiet, loud, quiet, loud formula. <laughs> it's not a yeah, rip absolutely. off. Not, you can't rip off quiet, loud, quiet, loud. <laughs> That's standard. No, you can. You you can. But but um, the uh, yeah the especially the drum patterns. Yeah. Like, it just sounds. It's just. I mean, they they Nirvana said they were very influenced yeah. by the Pixies. It's it's all there. It's you know the. The drums driving the song, and the as you say, you know, the quiet loud, quiet loud stuff is. I know, I know, it's not unique to the Pixies, and people did it before that. You're allowed to be inspired by the Pixies and have quiet loud, quiet yeah, loud. definitely, yeah. So there we go, folks. But they're great. Yeah, they are great. They are a great band. Check them out if you haven't already. Yeah, and then leave a comment on the blog. Yes, we love comments. We love we love reading out your comments. We love discussing your comments. So, uh, yeah, we'd like we'd like you to rate us on iTunes. Oh yes, we would. Yes, I don't really know what iTunes is. iTunes but, is a thing that's run by Apple, um, who are based in. I don't hold with that kind of Cupertino thing. Cupertino in California, uh, and I, iTunes okay. is a I think it's a form of electronic uh, throat lozenge. Yes. iTunes, YouTube. We all love we iTunes. All with um, iTunes. So people can subscribe to their podcasts on podcasts on iTunes. Podcast. I believe a podcast is a type of cast. Made of pods. <laughs> yeah. We're rambling an awful lot. But we would like you we would like you to rate and review us on iTunes, please. We don't get anything out of it. Yeah. Listener. No. But it helps not even really a sense of well, no, none, none at all. But it does help us if we get enough rates and reviews. It means that we appear in other people's feeds, and they might listen to us, which would be nice. And then, yeah, and then you might have a friend listener. It might not just be just well, you yeah, listening. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Is that it? Cool. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's that's yeah. probably it. I think so. <laughs> Thank you very much. See you next time. Good night. Bye.